Welcome to all of you that are here in the sanctuary, and welcome to all of you that are out there viewing online. Sorry, I'm a few minutes late, but I was going by the clock out in the fellowship hall, and I don't think it's synced up with the one back here, so I'm late. Uh, before we begin our worship time, I would just like to um, maybe echo a few announcements that are in your bulletin. So if you haven't had a chance to read that when it was emailed Friday or this morning, I'd like to welcome everyone to attend our service next Sunday, the 20th, which is planned, weather permitting, to be at Fairwoods again. So with the weather here, you don't know if it's going to be a shorts and t-shirt or a jeans and sweatshirt day, but hopefully it is at least clear and sunny skies and we can enjoy a worship service outside. At that service, we will also spend some time in joy and celebration uh, as a send-off for Ron and Deb for their time here. So we really want to see a nice crowd outside at Fairwoods next Sunday. For those of you are, who are parents of, or for those young folks who participate in uh, GEMS Cadets Middle School Youth Group, uh, the leaders are working hard on plans to begin on September 23rd. So there are some instructions in the bulletin on the church website about how you can register in advance to participate in those activities. So it's exciting to get things kind of started up again, um, even though we're still in you know, somewhat of a restrictive environment. Uh, we've, the team has come up with some ways to make things happen, so we look forward to that getting started again. As a council, we encourage each of you to give some prayerful thought to other members or yourselves if you feel led to be or led to recommend someone to be a council nominee. Surprising how fast a year goes by. And yes, we will soon be going through that process again. So uh, if, if you yourself are interested or you have a member that you think really should be considered as a, a council nominee, please send that information to our clerk, Jack Crawford. Pastor Annika and Diane Williams have been working hard in the last few weeks on an opportunity that we have as a church and they have as leaders to be a blessing to some students from our community. Uh, as you may or may not know, um, Northbridge School System is beginning the season completely remote, and there are students who may not have the support mechanism needed to stay on task. So um, work has begun to make some space in our facility available two days a week, Annika? Two days a week. Um, and the hope is to start in about two weeks, where two days a week, about 20 students could be in our building in a safe environment um, with some adult leaders around who won't be teaching but would be available to provide you know, some assistance, um, give some direction, and so on. Um, so they've been working closely with uh, Northbridge Public School System on the safety guidelines uh, and things associated with that. Um, but they're also looking for some help. 
Um, one of the things that they are trying to coordinate and put together is the ability to have the appropriate uh, plastic dividers so that student workspaces are uh, safe. So you have an opportunity to make some donations to that effort. I think the estimate is about 20 bucks a student. So uh, reach out to Annika or Diane for that. Uh, I think there's also a spot out in the fellowship hall this morning where you could contribute that to that today. So be in prayer for that um, thing coming up. Um, if you personally are available and willing to be a volunteer, they could use some adult volunteers to be hanging around during those times and provide some help and guidance when needed. Lastly, from the West Coast, we have had some back and forth correspondence with Pastor Matthew Burns and his wife Diana. They continue to discern and pray about our call to them. Uh, in corresponding with Matthew earlier this week, asking about the wildfires out there, he said uh, that they had just taken a, the family had just taken a walk late that afternoon. And although the air quality is pretty bad, they, they just had to get out. Um, but maybe you've seen this on the news, but they're in that area around San Francisco where the sky is just an orange haze. So there's not much clarity in the air. So we pray for their safety um, and for clarity as they reach a decision about our call as well. So continue to be in prayer for Matthew and Diana. Let's quiet our hearts now for a moment, and then we'll go to worship. Our call to worship is Psalm 100, which was the passage we used on Serve this summer. So you're welcome to say it with me if you'd like. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations.
Dead. Your love, O oh Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O oh Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast in the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delight. For with you is a fountain of life. In your light we see light. That's Psalm 36. Faithfulness, righteousness, justice. I don't know about you, but when I log on to my Facebook feed nowadays, those aren't the first three words that come to mind. It's been a little chaotic, maybe even a little bit dark. But in your light, we see light. That's what God promises us. When we, we look at him, the rest of it fades away. But we're not very good at that, are we? When we look at each other, sometimes, particularly in this time, when we're only having one-on-one conversations with our closest family and friends, so when we look at each other, socially distance, under a mask, sometimes it's a whole lot easier to see a political party or a stance on how to best uh, work within these COVID guidelines or any of the other number of positions that we take. And sometimes it gets pretty hard to see that Imago Dei, the image of God in one another. So let's come before our God now and confess that to him. Across the barriers that divide race from race, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Across the barriers that divide rich from poor, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Across the barriers that divide people of different cultures, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Across the barriers that divide Christians, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Across the barriers that divide men and women, young and old, reconcile us, O Christ, by your cross. Forgive us the sins of disunity, pride, jealousy, and narrow-mindedness. Forgive us also the sins of false unity, lack of imagination, apathy, and indifference. Make us one in genuine love and mutual trust. Make us many in gifts and talents and vision. Help us to look to you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Take a moment for a silent confession before our God.
hear these words of encouragement from our Lord. By the way, this is, this is where we get to be joyful. We've just confessed our sin. We've laid it before the cross. And so this is where we get to delight in the promises that God has given us. So I'm going to read it joyfully. From Ezekiel 36. I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Family in Christ, by the power of the Spirit, we are united with Christ and given a new spirit. Live in the joy and peace of that assurance. The peace of Christ be with you. Once you rise, embody your spirit. This is a time in the service where pre-COVID we would have shaken hands. And for a while we've been doing the like look around and awkwardly wave. Um, Let's actually take a moment. Keep your mask on. Stay in your seat. But actually greet your neighbor. Go ahead and do that. Don't shake hands. But take a moment. Say good morning. Pass the peace from where you are. You can all be seated now. i 
ourselves again. Lord, would you hear our cry? Lord, would you heal our land? That every eye will see, that every heart will know the one who took our sin, the one who died and rose. So God, we pray to you, humble ourselves again. Lord, would you hear our cry? Lord, would you heal our land? That every eye will see, that every heart will know, the one who took our sin, the one who died and rose. everyone. My name is Thalia, and I am an elder here at Pleasant Street, and it is my privilege to bring us to prayer this morning. Uh, Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today on a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning to worship and praise you. You are a God of beauty, and we stand in awe of all you have created. Creator God, you have loved us more than we could ever know, and you have chosen us to be your adopted heirs. We are your family, and you are our God. Thank you for your unchanging promises to us and for your faithfulness to us. Lord, we pray for those who have been impacted by the terrible fires on the west coast of our country. We pray for the families who have lost loved ones, pray that you will be close to them and comfort them. We pray for those who have lost their homes and for the devastation that's there. We pray for rain, Lord, for the area. And we pray for those who continue to fight the fires and bring containment to them. 
please keep them safe and out of harm's way. And Lord, we continue to pray for our church and our need for a new pastor. We especially pray for Matthew and Diana Burns this morning as they soon will reach a decision on whether to come to Pleasant Street. Please provide them your discernment and wisdom and peace in this decision. Above all, we ask that your will be done. We bring to you, Lord, the praises and needs of our church family. We thank you and praise you for healing for Julia. May she continue to improve and respond well to the treatments that are in place. We pray for Doug Wood's upcoming wedding and that that is going to be able to take place. And we pray for a blessing on that union, Lord. Lord, we bring before you the continuing needs of Rick Fairweather, Marlene DeVries' cousin. His condition is critical, and although his time here on earth may be near an end, we pray that it is your will, if it is your will, you will provide healing for him. May Rick and his family experience your presence in a very real and comforting way during this time. We pray for those in our church family who some are unnamed who suffer with poor health, In chronic conditions, we ask that you bring healing and comfort. And we ask that you bless our shut-ins and those who feel isolated during this time of COVID. May they feel your presence, Lord, and your love for them. Lord, we know that you lead us beside still waters and you restore our souls. We live in a broken world and we pray for those who struggle with addiction that can take on many forms those who struggle with broken relationships, and those who struggle with grief and loss. We are so thankful for the work and resource of Celebrate Recovery and Divorce Care and Grief Share. Thank you for the leadership of these programs, and we pray you will continue to bless them in the work they do. We also pray for a blessing on our other programs in church that are starting again. We pray for Coffee Break and the Men's Bible Study and for the plans being made for gems and cadets and the middle school youth group. May the preparations be blessed by you, and may all involved be kept safe. Lord, we pray for our local public school systems as many of them begin their new school years in whatever form that may be. Help students and families adjust creatively to learning in environments that are different and new. We especially bring before you Johnny and Derek as they will begin their task of teaching in these environments, and we pray for a special blessing on them. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to work with the Northbridge School System in setting up and providing support for a safe place for at-risk students to learn. Bless the planning and preparation and bring together volunteers to work with the students. We thank you for a good beginning to a new school year for Whitensville Christian, and we pray for continued safety for students, faculty, and staff. We also pray for our college students, many of whom have returned to campus. May they settle into the rhythms and routines of a new school year. As we turn to your word this morning, Lord, we thank you for Pastor Ron, and we pray for a blessing on him as he brings us your message. Give us ears to hear and minds and hearts that are open to your word and message this morning. Moments ago, we sang and prayed that you would heal our land. We pray that as a nation, as a world, we will turn to you and seek renewal and revival that is found only in you. 
And we pray that then we will be a reflection of you, bringing peace and hope to a world that desperately needs you. May we make a difference in this world for your glory. We pray this all in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we will be reading from God's Word from Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, and Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's good to be back down on the ground level with you. Last week, some of you kind of followed me up into the balcony, which lets you see different things, but it's not normal. And I hope this morning is a little bit more normal, so welcome to this. Um, This is uh, 
This is my final series as an STM, a transitional minister here. And uh, uh, it's been a little tricky figuring out exactly how the calendar will work with us with this. So I haven't said a lot about it. But what I've aimed to do with this series is what do I want you as a congregation to hear from me what do, you, what do I want you to see me seeing in you before God as a church family? And so I want to sort of hold up a mirror, as it were, for you, not because I can tell you exactly what God sees, but because this is, this is part of how we do church together, is we hold up mirrors for each other. So um, that's, that's what I'm hoping to provide. That, that, I've been doing that for a year and a half as best I can, but especially in these last weeks. Um, typical preacher thing, it takes you like a year and a half to have a farewell series kind of thing. Um, anyway, as you've heard me say a number of times, Pleasant Street Church is, is really an extended family. There's different kinds of churches, and every church is a family to some extent. Also, uh, Every church is a source of teaching and truth. Um, every church is a social or um, a force for justice around. In the, and so all of those things are true to some extent, but every church has some kind of specialty. And what you've heard me say before, and I've, I've heard you say before, is that Pleasant Street Church is uh, it's an extended family. And the things that make Pleasant Street Church healthy and effective are the things that make an extended family healthy and effective. And so I've been talking about that with you in front of God's Word over the last, these last three Sundays. Um, well, you guys weren't there up in the balcony with me last week, but um, what exactly does God say to you about being this kind of extended family? Um, if Pleasant Street Church is an extended family, which I believe you are, then uh, uh, this is just simply who you are. Um, you couldn't have a congregational meeting and decide, you know, we want to start being this kind of church. Or instead of focusing on that, we want to focus on this over there. And you could change your budget or where you spend the congregation's money or you change your strategic plan or you could, you could make those kind of changes. But you can't necessarily make yourself a different church any more than I can make myself tall. Or, or you can make yourself whatever you're not. Um, this, a statement like this simply reflects who you are. So in a sense, in essence, it's not up to you. And if there's a church that has, that, that's powerful at, at presenting teachings that are rich in truth or, or can have influenced powerful change in a society where there's a lot of injustice around or um, any of those things, a church can choose to do that or not. But it's not really up to you or not really up to them. On the other hand, we have a lot of influence over how much room God has to work in us. And that's the part of this that I want to talk about, and that's what we've been talking about through this the last several weeks. You just didn't hear it explained so, so blatantly. Um, you can become a whole lot more Pleasant Street if you were serious about it, or you could accidentally become a whole lot less 
Pleasant Street if you were sloppy about it. And so my hope for you out of this morning, over these weeks, over this week, this year and a half experience, my, my hope for you is to somehow help you boldly make the most of who God made you guys to be. And then also help you to avoid the things which could accidentally undermine God's best work among you. Why aim low? I'm going to just start right there. <laughs> um, so I got three different key words I want you to hear um, to give hooks to hang some of this on. Um, the first is simply the word underneath. What's underneath you being this kind of extended church family? Um, extended family of a church. Um, and here's where Colossians 3 speaks to us. To be this kind of church family has to sit on the gospel or, or it's going to fall apart pretty quickly. And so I want to walk through Colossians 3 um, as we read it earlier. I'm going to walk through some of the main points. I think you'll find a framework for some of the, the, the main stuff that you being Pleasant Street rests on. Um, first couple of verses, set your mind on things above since you've been raised with Christ. Um, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Um, that's verses 1 and 2. Um, he goes on to, Paul goes on to say, because you died. You're not anymore. You've been rebuilt. And so for you died and your life is now hidden in God. And when Christ, who's your life, appears, this is verse 4 now, when Christ, who's your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, pause right here. What Paul is saying to his friends in the city of Colossa, but what I believe he's also saying to you guys is there's something huge that's happened. There's the wreckage of an explosion which has changed everything. It's called the gospel. And so you, you, you died. Think of a, a city burned out on the West Coast or, or a city that was burned out a few years ago and now looks so different. That's, that's us. That's you. For you died. And so therefore, he says, lean into it. Lean into this thing that God is doing. Um, put to death, therefore, he says, whatever belongs to your, ex- your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity. You heard Les read all this earlier. Um, put together all the signs of what was before. Put to death all of those things. Rid yourself of, of all these different things. And therefore, now I'm jumping down to verse 12. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And if any of you have a, has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in pers- perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one, one another with all wisdom through the psalms and hymns and the songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, or, or whatever line item from your budget you're most involved in, or whatever part of this church's program, or however much of it you're allowed to do in a, a COVID season, whatever you do in any of those things, do it all to the glory of God. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know how uh, if you're buying, shopping for clothes, remember shopping for clothes? Um, I mean, in a store, not just like Old Navy website. Um, it helps to have someone along with you who you can say, well, how does this look? And uh, are there certain aspects of my physique that this makes really attractive? That's maybe not how you say it. Um, and to have someone else to say, oh, I like that on you. Or, yeah, that's a good look, but I'm not sure it's yours. Um, to, ha- to be able to have someone who can do that for you. Like, how does this look to you? Okay, I can tell who just went clothes shopping recently because I see them, the smirks happening. Um, and it does look good on you. I'm glad you wore that this morning. Um, the... Uh, we raised boys in our home. I have no sense of that whatsoever. But um, their clothes were fixed with duct tape. Um, but we got good at it. Anyway, back to what I'm paid to do. Um, uh, clothing yourself in his stuff. And whatever you do, your entire lifestyle, based on him. That's what, that, that's what Paul is saying in the first part of this chapter here. Um, whatever you do, make sure it looks like him. Okay, so underneath everything that this church or really any church does, underneath it is the gospel. The gospel is all about you dying, me being lethally put down, so that you can be made new and I can be made new. So we can be different. Not because we chose to be different. That's called plastic surgery. But coming down out of a, a lethal, a fatal wound or a fatal accident and coming up differently, that's called a resurrection. And that's what the gospel is about. And so um, you died and rise again. And as you rise again, you'll be different. That's what a resurrection is supposed to do. Okay, so underneath everything that a church does, this church does, is the gospel underneath. Second word, um, our family, our sense of family will come from this. You guys know this. Our sense of being an extended family in God's world, it doesn't come from having the same last name. While there's a few strong candidates for the last name, in the Pleasant Street subculture, um, there's no one. And I'm sure it's not Vanderwell. And so uh, our sense of family doesn't come from the same last name, doesn't come from the same mom or dad or in-laws or whatever. Um, our sense of family will come from how we catch on to how, we're, how changed we are from having died and risen again. So that's where our sense of family comes. And so that's the thing that will make Pleasant Street Pleasant Street. Now hear me out on this. Um, every church has a clear set of intentions of, of, or frankly, what they're trying to do. What are your intentions for what you're trying to do? Um, if your primary intention as a church is to make it through this pandemic... Well, you have so far. We're here. Um, But if that's your main intention, 
That's fairly limited. And that doesn't reflect, nowhere is the scripture preoccupied on whether the church of Jesus Christ survives. It's simply assumed, even though there were all sorts of martyrdom, martyrs happening around there. Um, So every church has clear intentions, but what are are our intentions? It's not simply to survive the pandemic. Um, It's not simply to handle changes in our world. I mean, a lot of churches deal with changing neighborhoods where the language which made sense a generation or two ago doesn't now. There's less of that here. But nonetheless, for some churches, making it through the changes that have come at us are a big thing. Um, this church made it through the worship wars. Um, the deacon and elder, women, office bearers, those wars. Um, that that. That wasn't the thing that the God's work in this church hinged on, as important as those things were. What about figuring out how Pleasant Street can stand shoulder to shoulder with the rising megachurches in our society? That's maybe a little more sensitive, a little touchier. Um, how does this church still thrive with churches where you have smoke machines? And, and a lot of numbers of peoples and things. Um, how, what's this church's answer to those questions? Oh, I hope we don't get in trouble. I hope we don't fall. I hope we don't close. I hope. Is, is that the answer? That's nowhere found in Scripture. Is the answer something else? If that answer is not... Figure out what God made us, who God made us to be, and what he called us to do, and look to him to make sure we're doing it as best we can in, in the, the, with the resources and the abilities he gave us to use for those things. If that's your answer, it's getting a lot closer to what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, whatever programs, whatever line item your budget, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus to the glory of God the Father. That, that's a pretty good answer, I think, using Paul as an example. Um, what is our long-term, what, what are we aiming for? Um, and then how do we say what we're aiming for? That's a question of vision. Um, there's ways of saying a church's vision that sound really churchy, which are, are, are kind of cool to have. Um, Something about the nations or, or till all will know that and till we, this. And there's lots of churches that have kind of pretty creative, sometimes really lengthy statements or other times it's very simple. Um, there's lots of different ways to say it. But most church visions come down to some form of winning. Our vision is that somehow, even if a lot of other churches don't make it through this this secular time in our history, this corrupt culture or through this pandemic or whatever, even if, even if everyone else falls, we'll still be there, God. That, that's ultimately, that's a form of winning. And the vision that God has for this church has never been about winning. That, that's often ours, but that's not necessarily what Jesus died for. So what is it? What would the Apostle Paul say to a church like Pleasant Street, right on the cusp of whatever's coming next. I hope in a week-ish, you have a letter from a pastor in the smoke of the West Coast saying, God's calling us here. Here, here. Um, 
that's my, my vote to the extent that God's asking me what to do. Um, but regardless, if that's not it, there's something else that God has for leadership for this church. The point is, right on the cusp of this change of seasons, what does God have for you? And what will you need to do to respond to it? Um, the third word I want to emphasize, not, not just underneath it all, is the gospel. And secondly, the, that this is a family the kind of family Paul describes in Colossians 3. But the third thing, the most important thing I want to say is that this is a matter of vision. Our answer, your answer to these questions, states your vision for who God is calling you to be and what he's calling you to do. So what is your vision? For some people, their vision for the church is uh, holding our own, surviving, keeping our doors open, um, in a way that holding our, our, holding our own in a way that can show, shows that a 125-year-old church can still be relevant. That's not bad. Um, that does kind of sound like winning. And, and that never seems to feature real strongly in the, uh, the New Testament. Here's a different take on it that sometimes people have. Um, not winning, but losing, but losing better. Losing so that others can win in a way that they couldn't have without us. Um, the Apostle Paul actually kind of went that way. Um, two different times in the New Testament, he, he uses the phrase drink offering. Not, not as in, uh, here's how we'll celebrate the fact that we really won. He uses the word drink offering to describe himself as in, um, even if I'm poured out like a drink offering, he says, even if that, I'll celebrate. Not because I so want to die, but because there are things worse than death and there are things better than living. And, uh, and, and that's what he says. The question about... Uh, um, winning and losing is a trick question, actually, because the whole thing being poured out as a drink offering, it's not really about losing. It's about winning permanently. And one of the, the tiny sub-sermons that's hidden in a passage like this is so much of our, our ideas of what winning really looks like are fake and hollow because they're temporary winnings Temporary victories that leave us needing to win again because the shelf life of, of us is so limited. And if I were preaching that sermon right now, I would say, if you're spending your time trying to, to win temporarily, you're going to have to keep on winning because you'll keep on losing what you won earlier. And what the Apostle Paul had figured out is, if, if I surrender myself to this never-changing, never-stopping kingdom of Jesus Christ, I can't lose that kind of winning. So if I were preaching that sermon this morning, that's what it would sound like. Um, but uh, try this on for size, just as a, as a way of thinking about these same things a little bit differently. Um, what if... Any blessing that God gave you or gave us as a church, what if any blessing God poured out on Pleasant Street, he poured out like double for somebody else somewhere else? How would that change how we prayed? How would that change how we served? Um, 
What if uh, everything we did to pray for worship attendance here, some church plant somewhere else in the state of Massachusetts, some other new thriving church plant, they grew twice as much as we did. Would that change how we prayed? Would that change how we felt? Um, what if everything that we, we stri- strove for, strived for, aimed for in our children's and youth ministries, um, for our kids, our grandkids? What, what if everything we reached for, um, some open door family got twice as much of as a WCS family? Or uh, what if everything that we really wanted for our grandkids, somebody else's grandkids who don't even have your name, Somebody else's grandkids get even twice, even double of that, of, of that awareness of God's, some aspect of God's goodness or some, some knowledge of what he, or some familiarity or some ability to trust God in, in changing circumstances. What if somebody else got twice as much of whatever it is we were praying for? Would we pray differently? Would we feel relieved? Like, yes, it's going to work now. Sometimes... We, our prayers for God's kingdom to come actually mean we pray for God's kingdom to come over here. Like, here, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. As opposed to, Lord, Lord, take over this planet because it needs you. Um, finances. Every church needs money. What if praying for finances for this church really meant asking God to pour out even more financial blessings for the other churches that are within about 100 yards of this building right now. Um, you may know the term spiritual disciplines. Classically, historically, the, the, the Christian church has had patterns or practices that are, are the sort of duties or exercises that, uh, that lead people further into the truth of the Bible. And so uh, reading scripture, memorizing scripture, um, serving in certain ways, doing, there's, there's a whole uh, list of them that the church has developed over time. But uh, uh, the, the, pra- the spiritual practices, the spiritual disciplines that the church has always invited people to are all intended to bring us further and further into the stuff that Paul is trying to describe for us in Colossians 3. Um, Fix your mind on Christ. Memorize these words so that when you wake up in the middle of the night, um, that those words come back. Or or they uh, think of the end of the the passage would sound if it were just ingrained in who you were. Um, uh, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do in word or in do, do it all for the glory of God. The question is, what if that were normal as opposed to a set of extra credit exercises? How would we be different if that were normal? How would this church be different? How would the Blackstone Valley be different? 
These are questions of vision. They're really good questions, which is why I'm voicing them to you. To you. Um, I can't provide the answers. They're not my questions to answer. They're your questions to answer, um, along with whoever God calls to be your pastor next. Um, but uh, where does this church stand before the Lord who asks these questions? Um, that's kind of what it comes down to. Um, we had, uh, had talked earlier about, well, through this whole series, about being made new, thriving in Christ. What we said in the very first part of the series two weeks ago was uh, this is a church that needs plural pronouns to describe itself. This is not about you. This is about, and here's where it's hard to say in English, this is about all y'all. This is, about, this is not about what I want. This is about what we need. And so the plurals, if, we, if you cannot think or talk in plurals, you cannot think or talk about this church. And please stop trying because it just makes it noisy in the congregational meetings. On the other hand, if you can think in terms of a plural, how will this help what God's doing in us? Or, or how will this help all of us to grow in Christ? Or how will this help God's work among us? proceed. There's a huge difference between singular and plural. Well, technically, it's only a difference of one between one and two, but it could also go up to like two billion. Um, what, to, to learn to think in terms of singular and plural is a big deal. Really, this comes down to unity. Um, and that's what a few, few of you were listening to me talk about up in the balcony last week. Um, if this church, if this church thrives in the coming years, it will be because unity became normal. The Apostle Paul wrote to two women who were squabbling in, in, in one of the early churches, um, Yodi and Syntyche. Preachers practice saying names like that, but I haven't practiced enough. Um, and his point is, if these two women can't work together, if they're bickering, then, then the church, has, there's no way the church will work together. If the church can't work together, there's no way that Christ can work through this church. And so he says, I, I plead with these two women, work it out. Um, if, if unity like that becomes normal here, then the future of this church will be almost inevitable. On the other hand, if unity around here is not normal, the future, the day that's coming when the doors are closed and somebody else buys the building, that will be inevitable. And, and if that happens, perish the thought, um, but if that ever happens, it will be possible on that day to trace a path back to way before today as to how our allowing disunity among us here opened the, the doorways towards... Well, if unity is not normal, then the close of this church and the decline of its mission will be inevitable. 
On the other hand, if we can if we can read Colossians 3 and have the spiritual disciplines that ingrain that truth in us, and if we can absorb what Paul was trying to say to the church in Colossa or to the church in, in, in Whitensville or Worcester County, um, if we can absorb that, God can work through us. Someday I want to be able to talk with Yodia and Syntyche to kind of hear more of the backstory. But for now, just trust me, it's a good one. So where do you stand? Where do we stand before the Lord? If we're trying to get him to make this easier, to help us win, go for it. If where we stand is pouring ourselves out like drink offerings and asking the Lord of this church to, to show us what you want us to look like, including show us who the next pastor is supposed to be, not because we've got to have a pastor who helps us win, but because we need a pastor who helps Christ win, even if it kind of kills us along the way. That's my prayer for Pleasant Street. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are here, just as you were across the Roman Empire in the first century and across the, uh, the Middle East in the beginning of what we know as the Old Testament. You are here just as you'll be with us in school classrooms or Zoom screens this week or in our, our employment or unemployment. You're here right now. And uh, we're trying to get you to follow us. And we ask that you reverse that right now so that we can get better at following you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Please rise and join us in singing the last song, Christian Hearts in Love United.
the temptation to win and to focus everything on what we consider winning is uh, it's tenacious. It, 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 inf- it has infected us as the human race ever since the Garden of Eden. If that is a temptation, a, a magnetism, or a draw that you feel, may you lose gloriously in your efforts to win. On the other hand, if what you're feeling, what you're aching for in your soul is not simply to get what you think winning would be, but to pour yourself into something that you will someday discover to be exactly what he intended your victory to involve. That'd be awesome. That's why the Apostle Paul, who said so many of these kinds of things towards the ends of his letters, um, wrote this to his friends in the city of Thessalonica. May the God of peace, he said, sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. Go in peace, brothers and sisters, to love and serve Jesus this week. Mm -hmm.